Well, last week we began a new series called Level Up, and uh, it was great to have you, those of you that were here last week or joining us online last week. We want to continue that. Last week we talked about know God, and here's what I want for us in 2024, and I, I believe what God is calling us to, an invitation to level up, that we can all know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And last week we talked about knowing God and uh, also just quickly make sure that everybody knows that on the table behind the middle row there is a book, one per household, that we would love for you to take, our gift to you, uh, hoping that this will help you to level up, to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Uh, it's been great to hear a number of different ones that have relayed. Uh, usually, I think most of it has come to Rebecca and then from, Re- to Re- from Rebecca to myself. But uh, those of you that have said, hey, I picked it up, I started reading it, I'm loving it, so much good stuff in there, thank you. And, and it's, um, it's helpful, it's encouraging to hear those kind of reports and glad that, that you guys are getting something out of it. I trusted that you would uh, and thankful that our board was able to uh, provide these books uh, for each household to, to have. Uh, and if you want more than, a, you know, you need your own book to be able to go through, there are bookstores all over, um, digitally especially, that you can order one and encourage you to do so. Uh, we have kind of a limited supply, and so that's why we're asking just one per household. But we do want you to be able to have that in front of you. But I, I want you to know that this is no substitute even though it is packed with God's Word. I, I think every single page has a scripture quote on there. I could be wrong, but at least the average of every page having at least one scripture on there. So it's packed with scripture, but it's no substitute for getting into the Word of God on your own. Okay, And that's, again, why I encourage uh, you to pick up a copy of the Life Journal. This is not... Um, not confined to one per household. This is one per person, and you're welcome to grab more than that and share them with others. We want to help people engage with God's Word this year, and we have picked, uh, I have selected, I, I can't say we because it was a one-person project. I selected passages of Scripture with the trust, the, the belief that they would help you in this journey of knowing God, finding freedom, discovering purpose, and making a difference. The idea of leveling up in 2024. And in that, uh, we are in the, the book of Luke. And just this week, we read Luke chapter 4. And we find Jesus reading, quoting these words from the book of Isaiah, chapter 61. Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Some great news, right? that Isaiah had prophesied about, and that Jesus, in Luke chapter 4, Jesus then says, after reading from Isaiah chapter 61, says to those that were there, this has been fulfilled in your presence. Jesus is the one 
who has been anointed to proclaim the good news to the poor, sent to proclaim freedom for the prisoner and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Here's some really, really good news that we all need to understand and embrace for 2024. Freedom is God's plan and provision for you. Isn't that good news? That Jesus came to earth so that you and I could find freedom. First and foremost, and we just celebrated, Jesus came that we could have freedom from sin. Freedom from the penalty of sin, but also freedom from being entangled in sin. God wants us to be free from sin. That's his plan and his provision, and that is really, really good news. But I think it's also important for us to understand that Jesus doesn't just want us to live free from sin. He wants us to live free from worry, from shame, from comparison, from bitterness, from debt. He wants us to be free. It's his plan and his provision. But sadly, our lives are often marked and marred by bondage. Uh, last summer, I shared a series. Maybe some of you remember it. We talked about summer break. I used John chapter 8, uh, verses 32 through 36, but 32 and 36 especially as the, the foundation verses for that series. Maybe you remember, and even if you weren't a part of that series, maybe you know some of the words of these verses, right? Then... You will know the truth, and the truth will set you. Yeah, some of you remember, or at least you know. And then verse 36, if the Son sets you free, then you are free indeed. Wow, you guys are good. You're starting off the year right. Freedom is His plan and His provision for you. And that is great news. But I do have some bad news. Here's a warning. In search of freedom, many find bondage. In search of freedom, many find bondage. Now, this isn't meant to discourage or dissuade you from searching for seeking freedom. It's just important to understand that many in their search for freedom find bondage. How many of you have heard of snipe honey? How many of you have ever been snipe hunting? How many of you have ever led a snipe hunt? You took other snipe hunting. There's some of you here in the, in the house. I, I see what kind of people we have here today. So maybe some of you, it was something like, uh, maybe it was a Boy Scout camp or Girl Scout camp or a, a sleepover or may, maybe it was... Uh, you know, a family reunion and, and you spend a little time at the cabin or something like that. But, but something that's common, whether you've been snipe hunting or led others on a snipe hunt, it, it's kind of a, it's an American tradition, right? And, and something where you kind of, it's an initiation of sorts for those that are maybe newer to the troop or the, the younger cousins or whatever it may be, but it's like, hey, you finally arrived. Today we're going to take you, tonight we're going to take you snipe hunting. And so you, 
you get them all excited about going snipe hunting. And, and there are different kinds of snipes, I've learned. You know, some, some of them are like small and furry. They're kind of like a squirrel. And, and others are, you know, big and they have long legs. And, and, and there's all kinds of noises, different kinds of noises that they make, right? Because it depends on who's, who's leading the snipe hunt and how they describe it and all of that. But oftentimes they'll say, okay, you got to grab your pillowcase or a bag, right? We're going to go catch them. And it's, the setup is basically... Whoever the, the one kind of getting the initiation is the one with the pillowcase, and they're told, you got to make some noises. We're going to go out, and, and we'll, we'll kind of chase them into you, but you've got to make some noises to help attract them, okay? And so they, they give them some instructions and maybe even a little bit of like some examples of, of what noises to make. And again, depending on what kind of snipe that you're actually hunting for, you, you might make uh, a, a noise like, <laughs> right? Or, or it might be more like, <laughs> whatever. You, the idea is you want them to make the goofiest, dorkiest, most embarrassing kind of sound that they can make while they're holding their pillowcase, waiting for you to chase these snipes into them. And what happens is those that are leading the snipe hunt, they either just go back to the cabin or they get out their camera and they record you looking like an idiot. Because the snipe hunt has nothing to do with catching snipe, right? It's just about leaving somebody holding the bag. And in a way, that is what the search for freedom often looks like for different individuals. And it can feel like, I've got to go find freedom. And then they're left holding the bag. But unlike searching, hunting for snipe, where worst case scenario, somebody gets a little embarrassed. Oftentimes, the search for freedom leads people to bondage, leads people to brokenness and significant pain. Probably some embarrassment as well, but that really, honestly, is like the least of their worries. And that's what we see in 2 Peter chapter 2. And Peter begins talking about those that kind of take others on a snipe hunt, if you will, with much more sinister intentions. Second Peter chapter 2, we pick it up with verse 17 and we find these words. These people are springs without water and mist driven by a storm. Blackest darkness is reserved for them, for they mouth empty boastful words... And by appealing to the lustful desires of the flesh, they entice people who are just escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom while they themselves are slaves of depravity. For people are slaves to whatever has mastered them. And so Peter is writing and he's addressing these 
group of people that lead others instead of to freedom to just more bondage, deeper, darker, longer lasting, more severe bondage. They, they look like they're starting to find freedom. They, they're just escaping from those who live in error. They're just getting out of that. And then they're led into more bondage, more pain, more suffering. Likely, what Peter's describing here, because Peter is known as the apostle to the Jews, I believe Peter's writing to those that had been in the bondage of religion, trying to earn their way to God. And that that is certainly bondage. Religion is a form of bondage. Trying to earn our way to God. Trying to earn God's approval. Trying to earn God's love. Trying to earn heaven. That's, a, that's a definitely a, a place of bondage. And there are those that are presented the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news that Jesus came and died in their place and that they can have freedom from sin, the freedom from the penalty of sin and that they can have the promise, the assurance of a life with God forever. And so they leave the bondage, but then there's those that come along and they promise them, they give them the, the sales pitch of a lifetime. You want to experience true freedom? This is what it looks like. It looks like you can do whatever you want. Now, doesn't that sound like freedom? Freedom sounds like doing whatever you want with whoever you want, wherever you want, Whenever you want and however you want to do it. That's freedom. That's what we think of freedom oftentimes. And when you search for that kind of freedom, do you know what you get? Bondage. You get bondage. That's what Peter is saying here. Because they promise them freedom while they themselves are slaves of depravity. They're slaves to sin. They think that, and they suggest that, freedom is doing whatever you want. But it's in doing whatever we want that we often end up in just more bondage. And so the warning for us as we look to find freedom is to understand what freedom is not. Like, teens can't wait to get out of the house so they can have freedom, right? And some of you, maybe you remember that. Like, I just can't wait to get out of the house so I can be free. They want to do whatever they want with whomever and whenever and however they want. And it sounds good. And, and let me just tell you, and it can be fun. Here, here's one thing I won't tell you. I won't tell you that sin is fun. If sin wasn't fun, we wouldn't do it. Is that fair? 
true, accurate? If sin wasn't fun, we wouldn't do it. But here's the thing. Sin is fun for a season, for, for a time. And then we learn the consequences. Then we learn how we're not really free anymore. We're actually in bondage. Much like those that go snipe hunting and they end up holding the bag, we end up with addiction. We end up with STDs. We end up with divorces. We end up with drug addiction. Becoming an alcoholic. How how many of you think shopping is fun? Shopping's fun. It's okay. You can raise your hand. How many of you think shopping's fun? My hand is up. I'll admit it. I think shopping's fun. Depending on where you're shopping at, I will say that. Okay, Bad Bath and Beyond or whatever, you know, some of that not, not so fun. Um, Lowe's, love it. But here's the thing. Shopping can be fun. And, and without, well, here's credit cards. We'll help you out. Have more fun. But then what do we discover? Bondage. Bondage. Because then you have to pay for the stuff that you bought. And if you're not careful, right? You end up in bondage. But God's provided fences, okay? Now, here's something that I want to see is a snipe. This is what an actual snipe looks like. There is such a thing. It's a waterfowl. It it hangs out in marshes and wet meadows. There is such a thing. And so I think sometimes we think, well, I thought freedom was this, and you're telling me that's not freedom, so does freedom even really exist? And I would say, yes, freedom really does exist. Just like a snipe really does exist, freedom really does exist. And it's helpful with this quote from Timothy Keller. Freedom is not the absence of constraints, but finding the right ones. Great quote. Freedom is not the absence of constraints, but finding the right ones. Jason Berry, a pastor of 12 Stone, who um, a sermon of his, a series that he was doing, inspired, sparked this series. And in his series, the message that goes along with finding freedom, he used a very visual illustration. And uh, if, if you have the internet at some point, I'd encourage you to go to 12stone.com, look up past uh, sermons, and look for the series, Everybody Can, and then just click on Find Freedom, okay? So it's back from like August. But in that sermon, he talks about going to the zoo, and he uses two different times that his family went to the zoo uh, in the Atlanta area. There was one zoo that they went to that was awesome, awesome, awesome experience. And as they took the kids, felt like, you know, you can kind of let the kids roam around and enjoy the animals at the zoo. But then he went to another zoo, not so awesome, like nightmarish. And maybe you've had one of those experiences because it was at this zoo that he noticed that their, their like gates and their fences were not well kept. And so it looked pretty sketchy and, and not real sure. Like, at any moment, could one of these dangerous animals go from that side of the fence to this side of the fence? 
How many of you, when you're at a zoo, you want good fences? Some of you are like, in my neighborhood, we want good fences because we have neighbors that act like they live at a zoo. And that's another, another sermon probably. But he makes this connection. He's like, fences can be good. Fences can be good. Freedom is not the absence of constraint, but finding the right ones. And so here's what I think we need to understand. We need to trust that God provides good fences. We need to trust that God provides good fences. In the Old Testament, we see God establish fences. There are some things that are not for us. Some things that we need to say, that's on the other side. We're going to stay on this side of things. We're not going to do that. This is what a fence for sexual purity. This is a, a, a fence for sexuality that God has designed. And, and Jesus, just so we know, Jesus didn't come and then destroy the fences and say, no, nah, we don't want any fences. We don't need any fences. You're free to go. Jesus actually lived by those fences and affirmed those fences. Such as You've heard, do not commit adultery, but I tell you, do not look at lust, with lust at another woman. Because if you do so, you've committed adultery in the heart. You see, Jesus is saying that there are fences, and there are fences for a reason. There's freedom. But if we go on the other side of the fences, there's destruction, there's bondage, there's pain. We need to trust that God is a good God who's provided good fences. God's plan and provision is for you to find freedom. And because God loves you, because God loves me, he's provided good fences. Fences that are there for our protection. Fences that are there so that we can actually enjoy freedom instead of experiencing bondage. And I say, well, I want to jump on the other side of the fence because that looks like a lot of fun. Just like we've, we've seen people at zoos that have de- made the decision, like, that looks like fun hanging out with the orangutans. Or that looks like fun hanging out with the tigers or the lions. Like, they look pretty, pretty, uh, pretty chill and everything. I mean, they've been captive. Like, it's not out in Africa or anything. Like, I'm just going to jump that fence. How many of you have seen... When somebody jumps a fence at a zoo, and what happens after that? Usually, things that aren't real good, right? Like, they jump the fence, and they're like, hey, let's take a selfie, and then, you know, and like, oh, awesome. It was fun for a little bit, and then not so much. And that's the way sin is. And so God has provided fences because he loves us and he wants us to experience freedom. Let me just ask you, what what fence or fences have you been ignoring? What fence or fences have you been ignoring? Paul wrote a letter to a church that had an issue with ignoring fences. 
And he gives them some great words about finding freedom. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. If, if you want to grab a KWC Bible, it's page 821. Love for you to follow along. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, we find these words. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Strongholds comes from the Greek word okiroma, which literally means a prisoner locked up by deception. In other words, we, we think it's impenetrable, but it's not the case. It's a lie. We, we think that we can never be free. That's what the enemy wants us to believe. The enemy wants us to believe that we can never experience, we can never find freedom. Because the enemy wants us to give up hope. The enemy wants us to live defeated. The enemy wants us to continue to live in sin. The enemy wants us to continue to live in a constant state of worry. The enemy wants us to continue to live in bondage, in bondage, in bondage, thinking that there's no way out. The enemy wants us to continue to think that there's no way that we could ever be free from this porn addiction. There's no way that we could ever be free from this addiction to overeating. There's no way that we could ever be free from this addiction to alcohol. There's no way that we could ever be free from this addiction to prescribed painkillers. There's no way that we could ever be free from, and you fill in the blank. That's what the enemy wants you to believe. And I'm not saying that addiction isn't real. I'm not saying that worry isn't a struggle and, and hard to overcome. I, I'm not saying that, that sin isn't an issue and, and that temptation isn't hard to overcome. I, I'm not saying any of that. I, I am saying that when Jesus was taken off the cross and laid in a tomb and a giant boulder was placed in front of it, everyone thought that death had a firm grip on Jesus. Everyone thought it's over. End of story. There's no hope. But we know how that turned out, right, church? So if you're in bondage to sin, worry, fear, depression, bitterness, fill in the blank. I want you to know, I want you to know that freedom is God's plan and provision for you. You need to know that there is nothing that Jesus can't set you free from. Nothing. So here's the thing, we need to trust that freedom can be found in Christ. Trust that God provides good fences and trust that freedom can be found in Christ. Now I will say this, sometimes freedom is a journey. Pastor Chris talks a little bit about that in his book, that sometimes God just miraculously delivers us from, from whatever we need delivered from. God has the, the power, the ability to do that, and there are times when he chooses to do just that. There are other times where it is a little bit more of a journey, 
in finding freedom from something. So sometimes it's a snap of the finger and sometimes it takes longer. And it's in those moments, in those moments when you find yourself that I beg you to know and to trust that freedom can be found in Christ. Keep pressing on. Don't give up. Don't buy the lie that, that bondage is your destiny because Jesus came to set us free. It's his plan and his provision. And if you know God through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I promise you, you will find freedom. Don't buy the lie. Speaking of lies, it's important that we know God and this truth. As we follow along, verse 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension. Pretension is another way of understanding, like something that's set up. It, it looks legit, but it's a lie. And there are different uh, translations that, that make this like a bulwark or, or another word that they'll use. The idea like something that can't, again, kind of like stronghold, something that can't be overcome. Uh, pretension. Now, one, one author described strongholds, a word that we see in verse 4, but one that fits in with pretension as it's oftentimes translated in other translations as anything that exalts itself in our minds pretending to be bigger or more powerful than God. So we think, oh, the, the, I can't overcome it. And it keeps us in bondage. It's a lie that we buy and it's often a lie that gets us into bondage in the first place. That's what we learned in our series back in the summer when we looked at John chapter 8, 32 and 36. Then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. It's important that we know the truth about Jesus and who we are in Christ. And so Paul says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. No, that's not who I am in Christ Jesus. That's not what God has for me. When we know the truth, the truth sets us free. It helps us to avoid bondage, but it also helps us to escape, to get out of bondage. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Identifying the lie that we've believed is often a very significant step in finding freedom. Some people find themselves in bondage because they believed that their identity and security are found in someone or something other than Christ. And there's great freedom in knowing who you are because of whose you are. Others find themselves in bondage to bitterness because they believe that being bitter will make things better. Bitterness takes root because we fail to understand how much God has forgiven us. We buy a lie, and then we become ensnared and enslaved by that lie. And so I'm saying, well, I, I can't get over it, whatever it is. And that is likely true. You can't get over it by yourself, but you can give it over to him and allow him to do what only he can do. 
As Jesus said in John 8, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We need to utilize every weapon that God has provided. So knowing the truth and the truth will set you free, three things that I think are important. Paul says here, weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. So there are three weapons in particular that I see in Scripture and from experience that God has given us that are not of this world for us to use in the battle for freedom. Number one is the Word of God. And these aren't like number one as far as the most important, but here's where I'm starting, the Word of God. We've already seen how critical it is to know the Word. We, we talked about getting into the Word last week so that we can know God better. And, and we talked about how knowing God is the foundation to the, the rest of these, to finding freedom, discovering purpose, and making a difference. But the Word of God is the truth. And so if we are going to fight against lies... We need to know the truth, the truth of who God is, the truth of who we are in Christ, the truth of what we have because of Christ, all of that is found in his word. And so we need to combat lies with the truth. And so number one weapon that we have, the word of God. A second weapon that we have that is often overlooked is the people of God. The people of God. If we go back to these two verses uh, just read, two verses, five times, one word is found with two letters. We. We, we, we. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. One of the greatest weapons that God has given us to help us in our battle for freedom is one another. One another. That you are there to help me to find and, and to stay and experience freedom. That I am here to help you to find and stay and experience freedom. That we're, we're meant to be together. To help one another. I, I like in the, in the sermon that I referenced earlier, Pastor Jason talked about, you've got those that, that are friends that help you get over the fence. Those aren't good friends. And then there are those that are true friends that drag you away from the fence. Say, no, you don't want anything to do with that. Come back over here. There are those that are, they see you go over the fence and they go and they throw you back over. They grab you and pull you back from the fence, right? Like, we need to be those kind of friends. I'm not going to spend too much time on that one or the next one because Pastor Chris does a, a fantastic job of covering both of these in, in the book. And so I'd encourage you to read those. But I do want to definitely give you the last one. And, and I would say the most important weapon that God has given us. So he's given us the word of God. He's given us the people of God. But most importantly, in our, in our fight for freedom, he's given us the, th the third member of the Trinity, the spirit of God. 
It says they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And the greatest weapon, the, the one with whom the word power is most synonymous, is the Holy Spirit. We see these words in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. So that they need power to overcome fear. How many of you know fear can be extremely limiting, extremely uh, something that keeps us in bondage, right? We, we know that. We understand that. And oftentimes, fear is what keeps us from sharing the love of Jesus with others. And Jesus himself said, you're going to have power, and that power comes through the third member of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 3, Paul writes these words, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God now to him I love this part now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. What is that power? It is not a what. It is a who. It is the third member of the Trinity. It is the Holy Spirit. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. God's given us everything we need to experience freedom, salvation from sin in the work of Jesus Christ, and then in the battle for freedom, the battle in our minds to fight against falsehood, he's given us the word of God, he's given us the people of God, and he's given us the spirit of God. Church, may you know that you know that you know that God's plan and provision for you is freedom, and may you live in that daily. Would you stand with me if you're able? So when I ask you, again, what fences have you been ignoring, thinking that this means freedom, and, and then finding really that that's not what freedom is? Are there fences that you've been ignoring, that you need to confess before the Lord. And then how will you engage the weapons that God has given you for the battle for freedom? The Word of God, the people of God, and the Spirit of God. Do not neglect any of the three. Father, thank you that you are a God that loves us more than we could ever ask or imagine. Thank you that in your great love for us, you have a plan and a provision for us to experience freedom. Not just for moments, not just for a pocket of time, but for a lifetime. May we live in all that you have for us. 
May we truly know freedom for those that have stepped over fences. Lord, help us to understand, to trust that that you provide good fences to confess our sin, repent from that, turn from that, and walk with you. Help us to be into your word and getting your word into us. Help us to make sure that we are surrounded with others and, and really allowing others to speak into our life and help us to live the, the life that you have for us. And thank you that you give us your Holy Spirit. And since we live in the Spirit, help us to keep in step with the Spirit. I pray this in and for your name, and may your name be exalted. Amen. Let's worship him again through singing.